0: hello 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Cannabury real podcast it is your girl back with another episode so here we are in the second technically the third fruit of the spirit which is peace and real quick before we get too too far into it I want to just say um two things um I'm gonna pray first and then I'm gonna say something and then we gonna start so definitely father God Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come and talk about this this, pe- this fruit of yours that you cultivate in us, peace, Father God. I pray, Lord God, that this episode will bring help, encourage peace, help cultivate peace, and will, will help us to remind us of the peace that is ours in Christ Jesus. I thank you for all these things and many more in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing I want to say real quick before we dive in is I did an episode on peace many, 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 many moons ago, back when the podcast was called South of Gaza. So this was back in 2020, I believe. It was one of my first like 10 episodes and it's called The Second Greatest Gift. So I highly encourage you to go check it out. It is not on YouTube. It is only available where you find like regular podcasts, just the audio version on Spotify, on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts you can find it but it's called the second greatest gift and i just talk about peace being the second greatest gift so i, I might i might need to go back and listen to it myself i didn't i did not being honest i, I don't really like listening to my own voice it's kind of weird but um yeah i encourage you to go back and listen to the second greatest gift it is You know, if you're following the podcast on on Spotify or Apple, you can just scroll all the way back to 2020 and find it. But I highly encourage you to listen to it. I thought it was a great episode. I still think about it to this day. And just the revelation that peace is a beautiful gift from God. And if it it is, in my humble opinion, the second greatest gift that God gives us besides his son, you know, besides salvation and forgiveness, it is peace. So go back and listen to that um, after you finish listening to this episode or watching this episode on youtube so we're gonna dive in so to get back to where we left off last week we're gonna what i told y'all last week we're gonna be reading galatians 5 22 through 23 every week as to starting you know to start us off so if you don't know this scripture if you don't know all the fruits of the spirit you will. So in Galatians chapter five, verse 22 through 23, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who, oh yeah, that's it. Just 22 through 23. Against such things, there is no law. So um, just doing a slight research, I just saw that Uh, I saw the article and it was talking about how peace in the New Testament comes across in about five different ways, five different categories, five different types. So we have peace as the absence of war or chaos. We have peace as a right relationship with God. Peace as a good relationship amongst people. Peace as an individual virtue or state that is tranquility and serenity. And then we have peace as as part of a formal greeting which you see very commonly in the, uh, the letters, the epistles. Uh, so we see the greetings, you know, if you ever read the beginning, you know, the first, the first chapter out of any letter, it's greetings. And if you finish up the end of the letter, it's some more greetings, you know, peace I leave with you, those kind of things. Um, so, but for the purpose of this episode, the time that we have today, I want to really dive into the concept of peace as an individual virtue or state that is tranquility or serenity. We're going to dive into that, that inner peace that we have, right? That's what we're going to talk about today. That's where I believe the Lord. uh, He put it on my heart to discuss it today. So I want to look at under the umbrella of peace being an individual virtue or state of tranquility and serenity. um, There's two types of situations that I want to talk about when it comes to these things. The first is situations that are out of your control. So, these are the storms that come into your life unprovoked, things you didn't see coming, illnesses you didn't see coming, some stuff that you have no fi- you have no control over. You're, you 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 doing you can't change it. You can't change what's happening. The only way you can the only outcome only way you can change the outcome is just to prepare prayer and petition and is asking that the Lord will you know, cha- you know, answer your prayers in whatever way you're praying. So, but these are situations that you didn't choose, you didn't knowingly walk into, willfully walk into, things just happened. You know, like I said illnesses, deaths in the family, death of friends, you know, losing a job, situations like that. Stuff going on with your car or your finances, stuff that you had you you were not necessarily prepared for. Things you didn't know were coming, things you didn't see coming. So, When it comes to this kind of piece, we're going to read out of Matthew chapter um, 8, verses 23 through 27, where Jesus calms the storm. And I just want to note real quick that this is um, right after in the heading. It says the the heading of verses 18 through 22 is the cost of following Jesus. And I thought that was interesting how he tells them basically like. You got, it's a heavy, you know, my burden is light. My yoke is easy, but there's still a burden. There's still a yoke. You know, there is still a cost to being a follower of Jesus, a cost to being a Christian. So coming out right out of that, it says in verse 23, Matthew 8, 23, it says, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up, came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up saying lord save us we're going to drown and he replied you have little faith why are you so afraid then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm the men were amazed and asked what kind of man is this even the winds and the waves obey him so these type of storms like i said that you you just chilling you just doing what you're supposed to be doing It says they were just, they just followed, they got into the boat and followed Jesus. They were just trying to, they were trying to follow Jesus. And this storm came into their lives. And in these kinds of situations, in my opinion, based on my understanding of scripture, the way you're able to experience peace in these type of storms, these type of situations where things are just out of your control, is to take a step back and remember what God said. Remember what he promised you remember who he is okay remember who God is and what he promised you you have to take a step back and just remind yourself okay stuff is going crazy but my God is a good God he's a good father he's a good shepherd and he said x y and z about me he said x y and z is for me he promised me these things if I remain in him I abide in him so I'm gonna be okay you have to just remind yourself of these things. So, I have a plethora of verses that I want to read through real quick. Um, well, yeah, a little, yeah, r- real quick, just to touch on the idea that to experience peace in the storms that are out of your control, the situations that come into your life that are out of your control, um, you have to choose to remember what God said, choose to trust in Him. And so the first one I want to read is Psalms 23, a very common Psalms, one that hopefully you all know. If you don't know it by heart, then you know most of it, you know, you know a lot of it. You know that the how it starts off. So Psalms 23, it says the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So when storms come into your life, remember that the Lord is your shepherd, you lack nothing. So keep that in the back of your mind. Keep that in your heart. You have to lean into that. Lean, you have to boost your faith. What do we see that Jesus tells his disciples when they start freaking out over the storm that came into their life? He's like, oh, you a little faith. He's like, get your, get yourself together. I'm, I'm still Jesus. I'm still God. I still know what I'm doing. I'm still in control. I'm still sovereign. Remember what I told you. Remember what I said. So what did he say? He, the Lord is your shepherd. You lack nothing. He's going to lead you through the darkest valleys. You can fear no evil. He's going to protect you with his rod and his staff. He's going to comfort you. He's going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Goodness and love will follow you all the day of your life. So, that's the first one. Another one I want to read to you is First Peter. 1 Peter chapter five verse seven. It says, "Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you." This, another one is John fourteen verse 27 it says i am leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace i give is a gift the world cannot so do not be troubled or afraid and that's jesus telling his disciples he says i am leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and this is a verse that i used in my episode with the second greatest gift peace of mind and heart a certain, a kind of peace that the world can't give you there's all these different ways and methods that people in the world try to cultivate peace in their lives and if, it, if you're not getting peace from jesus then it's not real peace it may seem you may be happy for a while you may have some a semblance of peace but it's not lasting peace it's not like peace everlasting it's not the peace that comes from god the only way you can get the peace of christ is to be in christ Okay, there's people, you know, you have yoga, meditating, whatever you ever, you know, have you want to meditate. If you're not meditating on the word, if you're not meditating on what God has done for you, what he has told you, then I don't, you know, it's not, you're not going to get that peace that comes from Jesus that he promises the peace of mind and heart, a peace that is a gift that is a gift that the world cannot give. So, only you're gonna get that peace, the peace that Jesus promises, is through Jesus, is from Jesus, it's by abiding in Jesus, it's by having a relationship with Jesus. That's the only way you can get the peace. Another one is Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, You will, this is Isaiah talking to God. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So, once again. Go back and reread these verses. They're in the show notes, um, in the information box. Psalms 23, 1 Peter 5, 7, John 14, 27, Isaiah 26, 3. Remember these verses and all the other verses in the Bible that talk about peace. So when you find yourself in a situation that you did not see coming, something that trips you up and tries to rob you of your peace, remember what Jesus said he would give you. He said he was going to give you peace. So you have to choose to have faith and trust that God is going to fulfill his promises to you. So if you, this brings us back to the title. So obviously the title is peace, but the little subtitle to that is the peace you choose. And it's going to become a real more, a lot real more, a lot more apparent in this next scenario, this next situation that we're going to run through real quick. But remember that in the situation we talk about when situations that are out of your control storms that come into your life unannounced, unprovoked, unwanted even in situations like that, you have a choice. You can choose to be fearful, you can choose to be afraid, you can choose to run run around like a chicken with your head cut off or you can choose to trust God. You can choose to trust that God is going to guide you, protect you, lead you, direct you, that he is your good shepherd, he's a good father. You can choose to trust these things. And when you get the revelation that God is a good father, God is a good shepherd. When you get that revelation, it's one thing to have it in your head. It's nothing to know it in your heart. When you know it in your soul that God is my shepherd, that he is my good father, that he cares about me so I can truly cast all my problems, all my cares and anxieties and worries on him, that, that revelation produces that peace. It's cultivated, but it produces that peace, knowing that despite all the chaos going around me, God is with me. So I'm gonna be okay. I mean, I like it. This situation does still bring, you know, some anxiety around it because I there's such you know, there's situations that I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily, I don't want the outcome that I'm, that I do have some fears about what could happen, but you rest in the knowledge that regardless if things go your way or the way you don't want them to go, you're going to be okay because God is good. And he's going to get the glory out of everything. Right? You can trust that Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes for them. You can trust and rest in the knowledge that God is good. God is sovereign. And he is good. Your good father. He is your good shepherd. He's going to guide you, protect you, lead you, and direct you. So that's a choice you have to make. That's a choice you have to choose to to walk in the revelation of who God is. Choose to walk in the revelation of receiving the promises of God that come with abiding in him. It's a peace that you choose to have. Peace so doesn't just happen to you. You have to actively choose peace. Especially in situations where things are out of your control. You have to choose peace so the second situation and this this is a situation that i personally experienced this week it's when it's situations that are within your control it's our decisions our actions to do or not to do that produce that either cultivate peace or it challenges your peace so i'm going to read a very large section of scripture from Acts 27. This is when Paul is on the sail, is sailing for Rome, and there is a shipwreck. So I'm going to read, I want to read pretty much all of it because there's, I I don't want to, because it's either read all of it or be jumping around and it doesn't flow. But before I read it, I want to just say real quick that, you know, shout out to the people in my life, specifically in this instance, my best friend, who just... Shout out to the people in my life who encourage you, who encouraged me in this instance um, to use wisdom and discernment and not put myself in a situation where my peace was gonna be challenged. So think about that. Think about wisdom, discernment, walking in a peace, walking in a peace being challenged, troubled peace, no peace. We want peace, I want peace, you know? So this weekend, my weekend could have gone a whole different way had I not heeded wisdom and discernment, right? So, shout out to 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 the wise people, our wise counsel around us. If you do not have godly friends, friends who walk in the spirit, uh, community who walk in the spirit who can give you wise and and inspired counsel and instruction and wisdom, you're missing out check your friends ask the Lord to to bless your community to bless you with a community that is of people like yourself people um who are trying to grow in the knowledge of Christ because it's gonna it's, it's always gonna be you're gonna be feeding them but they're gonna be feeding you and this time I was fed so I digress but situations within your control it is still when it's out of your control you have to choose peace when it's in your control you have to choose your peace right This is a choice that you make. You can either choose to be wise and have peace or choose to be foolish and suffer the consequences. So we're going to see what happens when people choose to be foolish. So we're going to start in verse 9. So like I said, it's going to be a heavy passage. Just sit back, relax, listen to me read. I'm reading out of the NIV. um, Acts 27 verses 9 through 44. So it says... Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them. And this, like I said, this is Paul is getting ready. He's a prisoner at this time, and they're trying to sail to Rome for his trial. Says so, so, Paul warned them, "Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo, and to our own lives also." But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that they would, that the majority decided that we would sit, we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. So it says in verse 13, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete so real quick it said when a gentle south wind began to blow they were like oh it's not that bad Paul you don't just talk about the winds are nice and calm and gentle everything's going smoothly you thought (laughs) so you thought heed wise instruction just because it looked good don't mean it is good so it says in verse 24 before very long a wind of hurricane force so it started off as a gentle south wind now the next verse it's a hurricane wind calling the northeaster swept down from the land or from the island the ship was caught by the storm and could not heat ahead in the wind head into the wind so we gave way to it and were driven along as we passed to the lee of a small island called kata we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure so the men hoisted it aboard then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together because they were afraid they would run aground on, on the sandbars of Citerus. They lowered... Okay, so it says, because they were afraid they would run, ag- run aground on the sandbars of uh, Citerus. Citerus. Well, I don't know. Sideris, doesn't matter. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ships be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard verse 19 on the third day they threw the ships tackle overboard with their own hands when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging we finally gave up all hope of being saved this happened we only had verse 20. it only gets worse right because they didn't heed paul's wisdom and discernment paul's like i can see Our voyage is going to be disastrous. They see one little, nice little gentle breeze. Like, ah, you tripping. We going to go out. We can go, we going to go. And the next thing you know, hurt. They in the middle of a hurricane, you're in the middle of a hurricane. So verse 21, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up and be before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your, your courage because, na- because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you and the, all, you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So in this is a we're content, this is still the shipwreck. So Paul, the angel of the Lord has visited Paul told him you gonna, you gonna you gonna make it to Rome or you gonna make it to Rome because you have or, yeah because you have to stand trial before Caesar so you going you and everybody else is gonna get there. It may not look like it right now, but you're gonna make it. But this only happened. the Lord had to come in and intervene and remind Paul that you're gonna make it even though chaos is around you. this only happened because what did Paul say in verse 21? You should have took my advice. But look at where we are now. We here now. But if you had took my advice, we wouldn't be here. We would not be in the middle of a hurricane. Like, we would not feel that all hope was lost if you had taken my advice and not sailed. Paul's like, I digress. God is good. We gonna make it. So in verse 27, it says, On the 14th night, we were still being driven across driven across the Adriatic Sea. When... When about midnight, the sailors sensed they were were approaching land. They took surroundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lightboat down into the sea pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the boat. Then Paul said, to, so re, you listen to this. They were trying to escape. They were trying to leave. They said, we're going to pretend that we're going to lower some anchors, but we're really trying to get into a lifeboat and try to get away. says in verse 31, then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless the men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the sa- So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. So real quick. At the beginning of the journey, they did not listen to Paul and they ended up shipwrecked. But now they're in the middle of it. God or Paul's like God told me we we gonna make it. Now they're heeding his instruction, and look what happens—the salvation of their lives, right? They are saved. So he's like, but they was really trying to test Paul again. He's like, we all gonna make it, but not if you leave the ship if you try to get away you ain't gonna make it he said those with me will be saved if you're not with me then you're not gonna be saved i'm sorry i digress i'm getting a little out of hand verse 23 so just before dawn paul urged them all to eat for the last 14 days he said you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food you haven't eaten anything and i urge you to take some food you need it to survive not one of you will lose a single hair from his head after he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. And then, for the purpose of this, I'm going to skip down. Because we've already read most of it. I'm going to skip down to um, verse thir- 42. It says, the soldiers plan to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. Because they finally made it to, the ground, or made it to an island. It says, button 43 says, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and keep them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump on, on overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Whew, sorry, like I said, that was a long one. I probably could have summed it up, shortened it, but I didn't want to for the purpose of this episode. We, I wanted to flush it out as much as possible. So, like I said, we saw two different times. Where Paul's like, don't do it. Paul, it says in verse 9 or 10, he's like, man, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to shipping cargo into our, into our lives also. Paul's like, it's not going to go well if we try to sail now. But they didn't listen. There was a cute little breeze. They were like, ah, it's going to be all good. Next thing you know, hurricane. So how many times have you yourself been in a situation like that? Maybe not a hurricane, but wisdom told you, whether it be common sense or, you know, more profound wisdom told you, "Eh, maybe you shouldn't go. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you shouldn't say that. Maybe you shouldn't hang out with that person. You know, what was that? that, that, When has wisdom, wisdom and, and common sense to me is a form of wisdom, but when is wisdom told you, wisdom and discernment told you, alerted you that "Mm, that's going to disrupt your peace. Mm, Talking to that person is going to drain you and it's going to disrupt your peace. Mm, Being around those people, they're not going to pour into you. It's going to disrupt your peace. How many times have you been in a situation where you felt like you probably shouldn't be there? And, well, yeah, how many times have you been in a situation where you felt like you probably shouldn't be there? And what happened? Did you go? Or did you not go? Did you say what you, did? you talk to those people, or did you decide, ah, I'm not going to talk to y'all today? And then what was the outcome of that? When you heated wisdom, when you heeded in wisdom and discernment, you use wisdom and discernment in a situation. Did you receive the peace that comes from that? The, the, the lack of problems, the lack of confrontation, you know, the lack of arguments, the, the tranquility and serenity, <laughs> you know? Or did you walk into a situation ignoring the wisdom, ignoring the discernment? because you wanted to and then you ended up in a, in a whole mess a whole lot of mess so I hope I'm getting I hope I'm being as clear as possible I'm 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 kind of rambling but I'm also being very clear in my own way heed wisdom he you know use discernment Paul very clearly told these people it's not gonna end well they didn't listen and on top of that, they thought what they what they saw was a gentle south south wind was the beginning of a hurricane. Now they're in a hurricane. Now they're fearing for their lives. They're giving up all hope. They think they finna die. They stopped eating. You know? And Paul had to remind them, The Lord the Lord told me we gon' make it. So we gon' make it. And then once again, some more people, foolish people, the foolery, they tried to escape on a little lifeboat and a storm, it's still a storm. They're trying to get on a little lifeboat and escape. Paul's like, um, if they leave, they ain't gonna, they ain't, you ain't gonna see them again. They heated Paul this time. Fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? But anyway, I digress. The point is this, that whole storm, the whole shipwreck, everything could have been avoided if they used wisdom and discernment. So if you don't have wisdom and discernment, those are things that God gives in. God gives with just freely. That's in James. If you need wisdom, ask. And God will give it generously. Ask for wisdom. Pray for wisdom. Pray for discernment. Pray that he will increase your, your insight and your foresight and your knowledge and your understanding. He will give it to you. And he will give it to you and he will share and he will give it to you. The people around you so that you and they will share it with you so you can still have it. God going to give it to you in all kinds of ways through reading his word, through the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you, through other people. You going to get that wisdom if you ask for it. You going to get that discernment if you ask for it. And that's exactly what happened to me. I don't know what would have happened had I chose to ignore what my friend told me. I don't know. But what I do know is I had a very peaceful weekend. (laughs) I had a great weekend. It was quiet. It was peaceful. It was enjoyable, it was a blessed weekend. I don't know what would have happened, but I know that I had a good weekend, I had a great weekend and I had a blessed weekend because I hated wisdom and discernment. So, and was it something that I, I had my other option was to do this thing that I wanted to do and I could have, and maybe it would have turned out okay. I don't know. But what I do know is I was going, had I done what I initially wanted to do, I would have actively, willfully been putting myself in a situation that that I knew was going to, in some way, form or fashion, challenge and trouble my peace. I knew that in some way, form or fashion, I was going to have to be meditating on my gospel playlist, blasting it, singing it, thinking about the goodness of God to keep me grounded in peace, because I knew I was going to, I knew had I gone had i done what i wanted to do i might have had a lot of fun or i also could have i could have had fun and i could have had my peace be troubled and i was like it ain't worth it i chose peace i chose peace all day every day we choosing peace 24 7 over here so we're gonna read some verses and then we're gonna read some more verses and then i'll be done with i'm gonna be done i'm gonna sum it all up we're gonna wrap it up so, when it comes to the the peace that you choose, you choose this peace both times. You choose peace in situations out of your control, and you most definitely have to choose your peace in situations that are within your control. When you come when it comes to storms that are, are avoidable because there's wisdom and discernment you can use to avoid them, you better use it or your peace will be troubled your peace will be challenged you can't blame anybody but yourself but as we see god is still good and he gonna rescue you and he gonna bring you back he's gonna bring you to safety he's gonna put you back at peace because god is that good but it could have all been avoided you could have saved yourself some time some crying some 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 some, some desperation you could have saved yourself a whole bunch of trouble if you would if, if you would just heed wisdom in the sermon so in proverbs several proverbs to talk about things that talk about using wisdom and sermon and that leads to life of prosperity of peace of goodness of safety we're going to read three so in proverbs 24 verse 20 proverbs 25 verse 24 it says better to live on a corner of the roof than share a wife i'm sorry share a house with a quarrelsome wife now what is that real quick to break it down it's better to choose your peace you know choose between yeah you can live in the house the the comforts of the house but have a quarrelsome wife a nagging wife a lack of peace you can have some comfortability and a lack of peace or you can have a little bit less comfortability and a whole lot of peace he's like the writer of proverbs is like choose peace please (laughs) choose peace in verse uh in proverbs 27 verse 12 it says the prudent see danger and take refuge sounds a lot like acts 27 sounds like paul but the simple keep going and pay the penalty Tells a lot like Acts 27. Sounds like the, the the rest of the ship, the people on the ship who didn't heed Paul's instruction. Paul saw danger and he was like, we shouldn't go. They was like, nah, we be alright." And what happened? Got stuck in a hurricane. Got shipwrecked. Lost everything. And then in Proverbs 28, verse 26, it says, those who trust in themselves are fools. But those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Once again, use wisdom. Use discernment. This is a peace that you you have you do have some control over. You can choose to walk in peace today. You can choose to have peace today. Use wisdom and discernment to, to help you make that choice properly so that you can have the peace that God promised you. You can have the peace that comes from keeping your eyes fixed on him. You can have the peace that comes from Jesus. So sometimes you're going to have to choose between doing what you want to do and having peace. And I promise you, having peace is always going to be better. Choose peace, use wisdom, use discernment, and choose to have peace. The peace that you choose, using wisdom and discernment, have that peace, walk in that peace, and the peace that is your inheritance, the peace that is a gift of God, a fruit of the spirit, choose it, please choose it. So I'm gonna read these last couple of verses, uh, several verses on peace, because peace is a really heavy topic, and this is just peace from the, from the concept of an individual virtue or state. You know, not including all the other ones, absence of war and conflict, chaos, our right relationship with God, our right relationship with people. We're not even really talking about those. So, I just want to read us some more verses to kind of sum everything up, and then I'm gonna let y'all go. So this one's gonna be a little long, but it's gonna be good because it's, it's that peace that surpasses all understanding. So in uh Second Thessalonians verse three or chapter three verse sixteen it says, "Now may the Lord of peace Himself give you His peace at all times and in every situation." The Lord be with you all. In Colossians 3.15, it says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And this peace he's calling us to live in is, I'm sure I'm sure it's peace within ourselves, but peace with peace, that's, that's a peace that is a right relationship with God and a peace that is a right relationship with other people, a good relationship with, other, with others. Romans 8.6 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. In Proverbs 16, 7 it says, When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. First Peter 3, 11 says, Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. And the last verse before I leap, where I pray us out and let y'all go, it's Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. It says do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus so i want to pray to heavenly father god thank you god for your peace that surpasses all understanding that transcends all understanding god thank you lord jesus for the peace that you give us as a gift a, a gift that the world cannot give I pray, God, that you help us to cultivate peace in our lives. Help us to walk in peace, Father God. Help us to choose peace, Father God. Choose to be at peace within ourselves. Choose to be at peace with you. Choose to be at peace with others, Father God. Help us to choose peace. Help us to utilize your wisdom, your discernment, to walk by your precious Holy Spirit and choose to abide in the peace of your Son, Jesus Christ, the peace of God. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, for the opportunity to, to talk about it and to present it. I pray, Lord, that it will reach each and every single person who you have called for this message to reach, and it would be a blessing and an encouragement to them. I pray all these things and many more in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So that's all I got. Until next time, next week, we are covering... Ooh. <laughs> Forbearance. Patience. Yeah, it going to be interesting. So next week recovering patients so uh, join us next week but for this week meditate on peace until next time bye